Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What is going on, Tremendous Podcast family? I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're doing fantastic. We have another tremendous episode for you today. We have the man Joe DeSena on, and he is the founder of Spartan, the Spartan race, a really interesting individual, an absolutely incredible athlete, businessman, and everything in between. We talk about a lot of different things in this episode. We talk about uh, him growing up in a mafia environment in Queens, New York. We talk about how he's like in these two worlds where he's got like the one mafia side, but his mom meeting this health guru and, and going like, you know, becoming a yogi and eating clean and learning about mindfulness and spirituality and all that kind of stuff. We talk about the Spartan way, finding your true north, finding your why, the power of commitment, developing future memory. The magic is in the process, the potential of human beings. Joe's story about David Goggins. Um, Joe's story about running Badwater, which is one of the hardest races on the planet. So this is a fantastic episode. I know that you're going to like it. If you want to support, please take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, share it on social media. Make sure you tag me at Matt Belair so I know that you're sharing it and I can thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. If they come up, I definitely um, make make a point to add it to my story and thank you guys very much because it helps spread the word. It's really the only thing that gets it out there. Um, you can also leave a review in iTunes. They help tremendously and you can toss a buck in the bucket on Patreon. Thank you so much to my patrons. Um, I've almost hit 100 patrons, about 96. Um, It's amazing. So I'm so grateful for you guys. It really helps. Um, Even if it's a dollar a month, some of you have adjusted, you know, from giving uh, a little bit more to a little bit less, but you didn't stop. So thank you. And if you've uh, just thank you, I really appreciate you guys helps tremendously. Um, Oh, but the best thing you can do is one kind act today. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're really understanding it, just uh, do something nice for someone, Uh, pay it forward, get two coffees. Um, If somebody in your in the checkout, just grab their cookies and say, can I see those? Scan them and just say free cookie day. Just think of something creative. Listen to somebody. Say a kind word. Uh, talk to a friend you haven't talked to in a while. Um, that's it, man. Just That's the best thing you can do to support the show. For those of you guys who are interested in coaching and you really want to move from where you are to where you prefer, some people call it the life purpose, your soul pers- purpose, your soul's mission. If you're really curious about that and you want to know how to make that happen, I've designed a specific course just for you, just for that process. It's 12 weeks and it takes you from not even ever even thinking about it to getting extremely clear on it, a practical and strategic plan to achieve it. And in three months, it is absolutely incredible what what people are able to accomplish. I've had a few people writing books, a few doing podcasts, a few switching jobs and creating um, income in a brand new field. And so, you know, it's really just going through that process step by step. I'm really happy to support you. You just have to be ready to do the work. If you're ready to do the work, you will be absolutely amazed at what you can accomplish in three months. So just fill out the coaching form at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And if you are already kicking butt and you are a CEO or a high level entrepreneur or athlete, 
athlete and you really want to know about that extra 1% peak performance, consciousness, flow state, all of that kind of stuff, and you want this trained for you or your staff or organization or you want me to come to speak, just make an inquiry at matt at zenathlete.com. We can put something together specifically tailored for you, for your organization and group, and uh, happy to help out. I love getting involved and seeing all these different projects. I've had the good grace and fortunate um, experience to work a little bit with the Resonance Science Foundation, with Sync Tuition, with some incredible companies, with individual entrepreneurs kicking butt in categories you wouldn't even imagine, with sitting down to you know high-level, just ex- amazing business executives from you know Burning Man and all these interesting spots that I go, and just talking about philosophy, business, uh, entrepreneurship, making a massive impact. So if you're interested in that, just hit me up, Matt at ZenAthlete.com. Happy to help you out. I want to thank my podcast sponsor and partner the himalaya podcast app they're just hands down one of the greatest ways to listen to a podcast because they're free it's user friendly it's intelligent it's easy to use you have curated playlists you can make your own episodic playlist meaning you can have multiple different podcasts on there fantastic way to find new other podcasts if you are listening to shows that are not mine um but yeah there's amazing other episodes out there you can communicate with the community get to know your fellow podcasters and um even even the host so fantastic way to listen to episodes uh, make sure when you're over there you give the master mind body and spirit show a follow and you can find them over on the app store and uh, google play and it is h-i-m-a-l-a-y-a all right so i think that wraps it up make sure you head over to mattbelair.com sign up for the email list let's just come into a state of peace and coherence so wherever you are to stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath Just let it out, setting the intention to come to peace, coherence, energy, focus, empowerment, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Joe DeSena. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Spartan, the world's largest obstacle race and endurance brand. Following a successful career on Wall Street, he set his sights on ripping people off their couches by creating the Spartan lifestyle. With more than 1 million annual global participants at more than 250 events across more than 40 countries, Spartan offers heats for all fitness levels and ages, from beginner to elite and kids as young as four years old. The brand has transformed more than 6 million lives since it was founded in 2010. He is also the host of the Spartan Up podcast and is a New York Times bestselling author of three books, Spartan Up, Spartan Fit, and The Spartan Way. Welcome to the show, Joe DeSena. Thanks for having me. You're making me feel like um, I'm a big deal. My wife keeps saying uh, I'm not a big deal. Oh, well, you know, the bio sounds good, man. And the family always keeps you humble. My sister always likes to remind me too if my head gets too big. That's right. How are you today? I'm great. I actually... um, I have this crazy thing I do. Um, I do. I try to do a 50 miler at, at a minimum each spring. And um, I don't like to run a lot. Most of us don't like to run. And I'm, I'm just a believer that, you know, um, if you do too much of anything over and over and over, uh, the skeletal structure of the body starts to get twisted because there are certain muscles that are getting tighter, others are loose, and it throws things off. So I don't run a ton and um, I probably do too many burpees, but 
So what I try to do is 14 days <clears throat> before the 50 miler, and I've been testing this out for years, is I, I run 10 miles a day for 14 days in a row. I do 300 burpees and 150 pull-ups. And the burpees are sloppy and the pull-ups are sloppy and the, the run's probably a little slow. But today, uh, I felt really good. Today, I actually pushed out an extra three. I did 13 miles. And um, my energy level has been like fantastic all day. So I think I'm over the hump. Um, you didn't really ask that question, but you asked how I was doing it. I'm just telling you how I'm doing. Yeah, man. I'm glad you shared that. Well, what that makes me think of is uh, I came across Pavel Tatsulin years ago from the Tim Ferriss podcast. And one mm. of his hacks was uh, grease the groove, right? So what I've been doing is 100 kettlebell swings or 100 and now I got up to 150 and I'm doing snatches of like 35 pounds. And um, my body's starting to adapt, but I had these weird kind of like pains in, in my body and uh, doing 150 pull-ups in that cycle. That's, that's quite a lot, man. That's pretty impressive. But your body does adapt and it, and it stops. It, it doesn't really grow. And I'm 50 years old anyway, so it's not, it's not going to grow. But, um, but I'll tell you what, when you're done with that 10 mile run and you're smoked and now you got to knock out 300 burpees and you're smoked, and now you got to do 150 pull-ups. Um, yeah, just take, it just takes it to another level. It's great. Yeah, man. It's more impressive your age too. So for those of you, or for those of the people out there who don't know who you are, do you want to give them a little bit about your background? Because you have a background on Wall Street, then you start this company, and then you, you're really inspiring fitness and just health in a different way that's also really fun, you know? So I think, you know, your work is really interesting. This is a carbonated water, by the way. I think it's this little secret that we're all getting involved in. This is not soda. I'm uh, not a soda fan. So Let's go way back. I'm 50 years old. Um, let's go back 40 years. I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, you might not know Queens, but if you saw the, the TV show Entourage, um, or maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I think it was Entourage. They're, they're quote unquote from Queens, Queens Boulevard. Anyway, this neighborhood I grew up in, organized crime capital of the world in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. And I don't know why, but... Um, four of the heads of the five families just migrated to this little neighborhood. Anyway, we are products of our environment. <clears throat> I grew up in that neighborhood and um, I got a documentary coming out, so I don't want to tell you too much. I'm thinking about what to tell you and what not to tell you, but, but it was a crazy place. Um, needless to say, it was right next to Kennedy airport and it was very much like the movie Goodfellas because Goodfellas was based on, on that neighborhood where I grew up. My mom, in the 70s, from Queens, eating raviolis and cannolis like everybody else, walks into a health food store one day. Now, there's there probably three health food stores in all of New York in the 70s, right? And there's <clears throat> incense burning, and there's probably like a little, I can envision like a bell that was really like earthy that rang when she went in the door. And... Um, she meets this Indian guru who had just landed in the U.S. from India. And she starts talking to him, and she becomes literally a vegan at that moment. And she starts meditating. And she's um, throwing away the cannolis and raviolis, and she completely transforms her life, attempts to transform mine, my sisters, divorces my dad. And so I've got these two... Um, 
opposing forces for the next uh, 15 years that are that are stoic in their own sense, right? Because mom is like, she'll meditate for 30 days <clears throat> straight. She'll fast for 30 days. Like she is off her rocker, right? On, on what she's pushing the limits on. And um, dad will do 24 hours <clears throat> a day of work, nonstop. He'll eat donuts, not take care of himself, becomes diabetic. So, but but like a workaholic like you've never seen. I feel like I'm doing an advertisement for this company with the uh, carbonated water. <clears throat> and um, I guess I'm in the middle. My sister and I are in the middle. I don't know really which way to go, but, but, but I start a business. I start a uh, swimming pool cleaning business. My neighbor was the head of the banana organized crime family and my parents are getting divorced and my dad's going through tough times financially and my mom's crunchy and a wacko, right? Because she's got gurus in the living room chanting and I can't even make sense of it all. There were no yoga magazines or Whole Foods back then. And so, um, so I, and I wanna be like one of these tough guys. I mean, I, you know, they have nice cars, they have suits, everybody respects them. They're in the newspapers every once in a while. They got lots of money. And so I start cleaning the pool for, for my neighbor, teaches me a bunch of lessons. I build that business, uh, sell it, go to Wall Street in the mid 90s, have an incredible run on Wall Street uh, till the mid 2000s, sell it, meet my wife, buy a farm in Vermont, and um, start growing kids and chickens and horses and all kinds of stuff, and found purpose. Uh, I was chasing, I was chasing. I was probably chasing my ego and my image for the first 10 years that I just described. Then I was chasing money and then I, and then I found purpose. I, I had a family, four children, got this farm and uh, I was racing and doing all these things myself because I think I took a little bit of what my mother was teaching and uh, I took the guru and the, and the meditation and all that and wrapped it in a Spartan cloth and, um, and here we are. You know, I don't know, 40 years later, we're in 275 events, 40 countries. And, and I'm just like my dad, working like a maniac, although I'm eating healthier foods. <laughs> wow, man, that is a fascinating origin story. It's just, <laughs> it'd be such like conflicting views. Yeah, before like any yoga and stuff, like people barely know what vegetables are. And you're just like, where's, where's my traditional pasta? Like what, what's happening here? So- yeah. Wait till you see the documentary. It's um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Knock on wood. It's amazing that I I um, I didn't end up going the wrong way. So many people did from the neighborhood. Went to jail or got killed, and um, and it's amazing that I was able to uh, pivot and go to a Wall Street, get across the river, and get into Manhattan, and then and then pivot again and build this brand, and then and then give up. You know, chasing the big money and doing something purposeful. Um, I just got very lucky and I got really lucky with my wife, four healthy kids and this name Spartan. I mean, I would argue with Richard Branson that Spartan is so much of a better name than Virgin. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> can you well, imagine like 
Spartan airplanes, like no seats, right? Everybody's got to just stand up and do burpees <laughs> when it's quick. We could have a Spartan phone that's like a brick, literally like three or four pounds. We could, Spartan soda would be in a soda can, but it'd be just filled with water. We could do really cool things with the brand. I agree, man. Well, this beard is loving the Spartan name. Well, let's, you know, that's an interesting thing because like, you know, the Spartan race is really unique and you've written three books. So what I'm curious about is like, what do you, what are you intending with all these books? Like, what do you want to share with people? What have you learned in your process? Like, what are you trying to get out to the world? Um, you know, when we were building the brand, I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know, have any idea what I was doing, but I thought, the brand should have, um, it should have roots and some principles. And these were things I believed in. And that journey I just described, probably through osmosis with my mother just chanting and telling me all these stories. And like, she was stoic. Like I said, she was doing all these things, right? That, that ancient uh, gurus were doing, right? So I was getting that even though I was, I was pushing it away. And then you know, the Italians and the organized, like they had their rituals and their things, right? And I don't know, I guess a little bit like Bruce Lee, I took the good, discarded the bad, thought about it a lot as I was building these businesses. And I thought, you know, we, we should have some principles. And by the way, uh, the, the stuff in the books, it's not even my, you know, just my take on it, right? Because the ancient Spartans also had their way of looking at things like any warriors and um and we packaged it up and put it out there and we got lucky we got it we got a couple of new york times bestsellers and um i was shocked because when we wrote that first book i didn't know if anybody was going to read it. it you know when you're writing a book it's never perfect and i didn't want to publish it yet you want to keep editing it and then no joke somebody sends the book to my office. They had bought the book, they send it. And, and normally the book is like one inch thick, but this book that they sent me is like three inches thick because it's been soaking wet, right? And it's expanded and it's got like post-its, a hundred post-its and underlines and notes. And I'm like, holy smokes, like somebody's actually not only reading it, they're taking notes and they're, like, I, I didn't know if they were going to use it as like a fire starter, right? But I'm not even half joking. You don't know if anybody's going to read your book. But they were not only reading it, they were following it. It was giving them inspiration. They were getting motivated from it. So um, I don't know if I'm answering the question or not, but, but it's been a cool journey. Well, partially answer the question. I guess it would follow up to what, what are some of those principles? Like what is the Spartan way? What, you know, what, what have you learned from this process? What are you sharing as far as those principles? Yeah, so the biggest thing is, um, and this is easier said than done, you gotta know your true north. <clears throat> what's your why, right? Like what's the reason you get out of bed in the morning? I'm really lucky. I get out of the bed. I, like I, as soon as my sunlight hits my eyes, I'm, I'm sitting up and I'm going to conquer something. And when I think back over the last, you know, 40 years, right? I think um, I wanted to conquer that business. I wanted to know, was I tough enough in those early years? Then I wanted to conquer Wall Street and make money. And now I want to conquer family life, make it better than what I had. And I want to I help people get healthy. 
And so my why has changed, <clears throat> but I've always been motivated, inspired, just wake up and get after it. And so I think it's easier in life if you have a why. It's definitely easier if you have a why. And, you know, some people, most people have a really tough time figuring out what that is. And I think, you know, we've heard that question like, uh, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? What would you do if it was your last day on earth? Um, good questions. But I love this question of what would you do if you knew you were going to fail anyway? Like if you knew you were going to fail, you're a terrible wrestler, but you're going on the mat every day you show up for wrestling practice. You must love wrestling. It's probably, it's probably your thing, right? Spartan Race lost money for 15 years. But every day I woke up <laughs> and I put on these races and I spent money and it was a complete shit show. But I must love it. Right? That's my why. Like my first business was a disaster for a while, but I loved it. Wall Street was incredibly hard. I lost all my money at month, but I loved it. That was my why. So like, what would you do if you knew you were going to fail or you were failing anyway? That's probably your thing. So if you nail that first principle, then what? Then commit. And most people, they're like non-committal. They're soft about it. And you got to commit by like telling everybody you know, I'm running this 50 miles on May 4th. And the reason you do that is you got to be on the hook because human beings shy away from like being uncomfortable. We don't want to be on, that's like a survival instinct, right? We want to be on the couch. We want to be naked playing with Netflix. Like that's what we want to do. We don't want to be in a cold storm, climbing a mountain, carrying like food and dragging the horses. We don't want to be doing that. So the only way you're going to do it is by committing or having like people holding you accountable. So what I like to do is, is just tell everybody, tell everybody, this is what I'm doing on this date. And now you're on the hook and, and hopefully friends hold you accountable. Um, now you're committed. Now what? It's all downhill from there, <clears throat> right? <laughs> Think about it. Like you're committed to getting married. You're <laughs> committed to starting a business. You're committed to having children. Go through it, whatever, you, you know, you, you pick it, whatever your thing is, right? That is like the best moment in this cycle that you're, gonna, you're about to go through. Committed, I'm gonna climb Mount Everest. It's gonna be great all downhill from there. Like not actual downhill, you gotta go uphill, but you, you get the point. Because you gotta start training, you gotta go, you're gonna go to bed early, you're gonna find probably some new friends, you're waking up early, you're not drinking as much wine, you're not drink, eating junk food. Like it sucks, it's hard, right? And then, and then all the naysayers are gonna pile on and they're gonna say, I told you not to do this. You're like, you're too old to be doing this or it's too dangerous or I can't believe you're leaving your family. Because, because other human beings, they're like, they're like crabs in a pot. They like, to, they like to pull the other crab down with them. And I'm not a negative guy and I'm not a conspiracy guy, but like, most people are not lifting others up. They like, you know, misery likes company. So like, you've committed, it's feeling awesome, and then it's all downhill. And I don't wanna give away the book, but like, I then describe the principles that you need to hone in on and master, again, not mine, they've been around for thousands of years, in order to get through that trough, 
come out the other side and achieve your goal. It's really easy to achieve goals. Um, you just got to follow these simple things. They're not, again, they're not mine. I'm not, uh, I'm not a physicist like the other people you have on this podcast. I'm just, I just happen to have studied um, why people succeed certain things and why others don't, why I've succeeded certain things, why I failed at others. And, and if you, you follow these basic principles, like wake up early, it's a simple one, <laughs> just wake up early. Don't hit the snooze button, right? Don't stay up late. If you're hanging out in a bar, my buddy, my buddy, Dan Pena, Dan Pena, my buddy, he's a, um, you're hanging out in a bar on a Friday night, burping and farting, hanging out with friends, drinking beer, watching a football game. That's probably what you're going to be doing 20 years from now. You're not moving forward, right? So if you're doing that, you're not going to achieve your goals. Anyway, I'm rambling. That was awesome, man. That was a really, really good share. And well, how many principles are there? Can you share like one? I, I know wake up early. There's, there's a lot of books on that. And there's a lot of science that says like you wake up at 5am, you're a lot more productive. Um, so there's plenty of research out there. Um, I was just curious if you can share one or two of the principles for, for moving through that, because I found that same thing too, in my research of, you know, athletics and what, you know, how do superhumans do what they do? So I trained with Shaolin monks in China and they could break stone with two fingers. And I wasn't sure if it was real because it was really extraordinary. Could uh, break thicker pieces over their head. And what I discovered in an interview, it was extraordinary dedication of hard Qigong. They would whack their fingers against a tree and they would use meditation and, and put the focus and energy in the fingers or in the limbs that they were using. So it was real, but it was like six and eight years of dedication to a simple principle. So it wasn't complicated. It was just extraordinarily challenging to follow through on that type of training for such a duration of time. So, well, so you asked the question, like, what, what are the principles? Let's go back to, I, I gave you a couple, right? Mm -hmm. You got to know your why. Because if, because if your why isn't to be one of the greatest Shaolin monks ever, how are you feeling on day 400 of banging your finger against that tree, right? Like, you're like, what the hell am I doing here? I am dying for a McDonald's Big Mac. Right? You do not want to bang your finger against that tree. And then are you really committed? Did you tell everybody? Is it written in the newspaper that you're not coming home for eight years until you can break, you know, five bricks with two fingers? So, it's that, it's that simple and it's that hard. Um, at the end of the day, it's hard work. It's, it's just putting your head down, getting it done. Look, there's a great, um, there's a great blog out there called, uh, will it make the boat go faster? I don't know if you've ever heard this, but, um, and I'll screw up the, the exact facts, but, but, uh, I don't know, 19 late, late eighties Olympics, I think, or late nineties Olympics. Uh, row a crew a row, rowing team out of the UK is going up against uh, I think the Australians and there's no way they're going to win they're just not fast enough they're, they're they uh, they always lose uh, to this other team and the coach said we're going to try something different for the next couple of years or 18 months whatever the, the time frame is we are going to ask ourselves with every decision we make will it make the boat go faster hey guys uh, let's go get some ice cream. We crushed it today. Will it make the boat go faster? No. All right, then we can't get ice cream. Hey guys, 
it's been a tough week. Let's hang out with the girls tonight. Will it make the boat go faster? No, we're not hanging out with the girls tonight. And so I've been really lucky because my whole life, I didn't even know uh, that there was a blog out there or this principle of will it make the boat go faster. I just naturally did that because I was just dying to achieve whatever it was I was getting after. And I would just prioritize and always say to myself, like, is this thing I'm about to do going to get me any closer to my goal? If it's not, I'm not doing it. I'm only doing now, by the way, it's got its downsides. That means I didn't go to a lot of funerals of friends and family. I'm not proud of that. I didn't go to a lot of weddings of friends and family. I'm not proud of that. I missed a lot of important um, dates on the calendar. But for me, I was focused on a different goal. And part of me is really happy I did that because I talk to lots of people just like you do. And I can't tell you how many times I heard, man, I wish I would have went to college. Man, I wish I would have finished college. Man, I was so close to making the Olympic team, but I just like to drink too much. I can't even tell you how many times I hear that. And had they just instead followed that principle of asking yourself, is this thing I'm about to do gonna get me any closer to my goal? They would have achieved their goals. It's that simple and it's that hard. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, that's really what the lesson was when I interviewed the Shaolin monk. It was just like, if I dedicated even half as much as, as he did to break the stone to a worthy goal that I had, then I'm definitely going to achieve it over time. So you really got to find your why. And do you have any advice for people to help find their why? I think it's like the reason why so many people fail is they don't have a compelling why. It's like the first hurdle that they get, they're going to stop because they don't know why they're doing it. But if you, you know, are committed, like you said, you failed several times and, I, and I'm going to kind of throw two questions at you at once, but like being from Queens and having a tough skin, a lot of people don't have a tough skin when it comes to failure or criticism or, you know, all that naysay, they're really soft. So do you have any advice for those kinds of things? Well, it's, fun. it's funny, right? Because um, we talked a little bit before about finding your why, asking yourself that question that says, what would I do if I'd fail anyway? That's one way. But I, and I've never said this before, what I'm about to tell you. So this is late breaking news, just popped in my head, which is, um, you know, sometimes you might not have your why nailed, but just by sticking to it, your why develops. In other words, you and I are at the Shaolin Monk Temple. We're uh, 400 days in and it sucks. It sucks for everybody. It sucks for the people that know their why. It sucks for us. It sucks for the teachers. It sucks for everybody. Um, I decide to leave. You decide to stay. You're really not into it. It wasn't your why, right? But you decide to stay. Well, let me tell you something. Eight years later, when you use those two fingers and you go through, all of a sudden, it became your why. Like you, like the whole thing comes together, if that makes sense. Who was it? Who was the tennis player that, um, hated his dad, hated playing every day. Was it Agassi or? Maybe it was Agassi. Yeah, it was Agassi yeah. or somebody who was, yeah, because it was Ag Agassi versus Sampras usually, yeah. right? And I think one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Agassi hated tennis. His dad was pushing him too hard, whatever. Let me tell you something. It probably felt pretty good getting those checks. And it probably yeah. felt pretty good standing on the podium and receiving his, all those things he received, right? So like my son, I, I've got two, two boys, two girls. Uh, one, I hate wrestling, this and that. Okay, listen, uh, as soon as you win a national championship or you're 18 years old, you can quit. 
no problem. You've got an out, right? Every time he wins, loves wrestling. So my point is, like, I've got 1.3 million people that go through Spartan races every year. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had in the tens of thousands of people that quit. Oh, you know, it's not really for me. I, you know, they're halfway through the race, whatever they're talking. You know, every, one, every single one of them regret it. And then you talk to people that are having a terrible time. I've been there, completely broken. Day 400 with the Shaolin monks, you and I. And, but you stick it out and you get to the finish line and all of a sudden you feel great because nothing good comes easy. So I don't, again, I don't know if I answered the question well, but like, I think, I think you got to commit. I think you got to pick your thing, hopefully, because even if you wanted to become the greatest Shaolin monk ever, and you had read all the books, and you and I got, you're still gonna friggin' hate it 400 days in. You're gonna hate it. You're gonna, you're gonna start convincing yourself. There's gonna be a little thing that chirps in your head that says, this is stupid. It's really not for me. I wanna be back with my mommy. Like, that just happens to all of us, right? And so you, you just gotta stick it out. Something else happens. When you get, to that eight year mark and you're breaking these bricks or, or pieces of wood or trees with those two fingers, um, your brain releases a ton of chemicals. We know this, right? There is something called future memory that occurs in your head. And what it is, is now you've achieved the goal. The next time, now you're gonna be, you, you decide you wanna become a samurai master for the next eight years. And you're on your way on a boat from China to Japan your brain releases a little taste of what you got at the finish line with the, with the Shaolin monks to get you prepared and psyched up for the new challenge. So actually, you're getting an advantage versus me who quit and went back to Queens because you're, you're, you now are on a path to succeeding over and over and over again. Success kind of um, helps achieve further success. That's why boxers... If you and I were boxing managers, we give our fighters a couple of layup fights, right? Because they feel good, they get some confidence and chemicals get released in the brain. So the next time they get in the ring, they're getting a little taste of what it's gonna feel like to win. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. And you, you certainly answered the question because the way that I kind of framed it is, it's more of like a direction of where you're going. You don't know the outcome sometimes, like sometimes you have a specific outcome in mind, but as you continually take action towards what inspires you or your why at the time, um, it's, it unfolds and it is hard work. And that's, I think we're in a culture where we want it quick and we want it easy. And really what the masters are telling us, what people who are successful are telling us is like, there is no easy way. Should, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a quote and he's massive. He's like, there are no shortcuts. You didn't need all the proteins, all the biohacking, any of that. You can use that now. You can use a healthy diet and, and smart um, you know, food education, all kinds of things. But there's no substitute for hard work. It's no substitute for perseverance. And I think that's what you're suggesting. Here's the, you know, not to sound like you know, cliche with all these things, but like, I, <clears throat> at the end of our lives, you and I are sitting on rocking chairs and you, again, you made it through not only the eight years with the Shaolin monks, but you did another seven years with the, with the samurai masters, right? So you nailed those two. You got those two certificates. You got a sword and the two fingers. I got nothing. I got like a can of beer and I'm in Queens. Anyway, we're sitting, we're sitting on these rocking chairs. You're actually 
not going to be talking about those two certificates. You're going to be talking about those eight years and those seven years of like, that's where the magic was happening. You hated it when you were in it, but actually those are the things you reflect on. Like we're not sitting around and saying, wasn't it awesome when we were sitting on the couch watching TV 20 years ago? Like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the hard times. So if you could somehow embrace those hard times and realize that when you're in the thick of it and when it sucks and when you're going through that hard work, I guarantee you Schwarzenegger, when he reflects back on his life in the awesome times, it was those days he hated it in the gym. The only bad workout is the one you don't do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree. And I think you're as good or better at analogies than I am. I thought I was pretty good at analogies, but you're, they're fantastic. I'm loving them. Um, so I'm making it up. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but you're doing it. You're doing something. Um, well, I guess my question would be around then um, human potential and embracing the suck. I, I'm sure you've heard of David Goggins and possibly you've read his book and what that guy, yeah, what he went through in, in put his body through is just absolutely absurd. And, you know, we look at the limits of human potential. And I think that there's uh, a certain part of the world that's really like looking at human potential. You've got Wim Hof um, breaking these world records, doing different things, sitting in cold and doing interesting stuff. Now you got David Goggins coming out and Navy SEALs are hard enough. And he's like, I'm going to like triple some of that and, and push my body beyond. So, um, I guess I'd ask your question on achieving our own highest potential or what you think is possible for the human in general. I have a great David Goggins story. I'll tell you in a second. Um, So at Cornell university, the wrestling team, my buddy's a coach, uh, um, Rob Cole, K O L L. We should get him on here at some point. You'd love him. Anyway, he takes all his wrestlers in first day of the season. And he puts the treadmill at full incline as fast as it'll go. And he says, one at a time, stay on as long as you can. Wrestler gets on, he runs, I'm making it up. Three minutes, 12 seconds, gets off coach. I'm bleeding. That was as far as I can go. No problem. Next guy gets on. He goes like three minutes, 30 seconds. Coach, I couldn't take another step. Next guy goes on. Four minutes, one second. Next guy goes on. Now, he didn't place them in order of potential. It's just that when the human being sees where the last person went, he's able to eke out another 15 seconds, another 20 seconds. What do you think happens two weeks later? They're all doing triple the distance that they said they couldn't take one more step. So human potential is really limited by, like, my mom meditating and fasting for 30 days a woman that like was cooking raviolis the day before, like, and didn't like, you know, it's just, it's, it's where, wherever you can take your mind to. Um, and so that's the limiting factor uh, for all of us. I, we, I put on some crazy races in Pittsville, Vermont, where we have our farm and David comes up <clears throat> to do one of our 50 milers. And so the, the week before, or maybe a few days before I go out and I got to run the 50 myself and flag, the course. So I'm out there flagging the course and um, it takes me, I'm like, I'm like lost. I don't know how I'm lost. It's like my backyard, the woods, you know? And I call a buddy of mine who knows the forest pretty well. And I'm telling him what I'm seeing and where I am. He's like, no, I think you went off track. But so I backtrack literally like 12 miles. Okay. 
and I find where I made the mistake. And so I ripped down the flags for about 100 yards for those 12 miles. And I get back on the right track and I, I finish the 50 mile loop. Anyway, race goes off. David's leading it the next week. Um, it's him and I forget, I forget the competitor's name. They were, like, they were pretty much neck and neck. Anyway, David doesn't come in. We don't, <laughs> he somehow got on my track. And he, went, he went the extra 12 miles, ran into a bear. Anyway, that's my day. That's my day. Story. And the other time I, I ran into him, I was running bad water. And he was out there one year when I was out there. But um, he, tough guy. You tough ran guy. bad water? Yeah. Holy crap. You finish? Finish, yeah. A lot of people wow. didn't finish. The year I did it. Here I did it was 137 degrees. At that time, it was the second hottest uh, uh, recorded day in, in U.S. history. Um, my shoes melted. My shirt melted. <laughs> Your shirt melted? I've never heard of that before. That's absurd. Yeah, yeah I had a um, polypropylene shirt. And um, <clears throat> I was with a woman named Lisa Smith. And at Badwater, you can pick your times when you start. So um, <clears throat> you can start early in the morning or I think the last, the last slot is 10 a.m. So Lisa says to me, we're going to go off at 10 a.m., which was annoying because I'd rather go in the morning when it's cooler. But she had a strategy. She's much smarter than me, much tougher. And she um, said, no, 10 a.m. and we're going to walk the first 50 miles. I said, we're going to walk. Anyway, I'm walking. We're fat. You know, we're walk, jog, walk, jog. We're in last and second to last place. Well, about 9 p.m. that night, she's like, now start picking it up. And as we're running, we're seeing all the most famous runners you know on the side of the road, puking, passed out, on the ground, and we are just passing everybody. And we were in fourth and fifth place by 2 a.m. So sometimes um, strategy <laughs> works. And in that case, uh, Lisa had the strategy. Wow, dude. Yeah, I, I only found about Badwater reading uh, Can't Hurt Me with, by David Goggins. And I was like, that race is absolutely ridiculous, man. So yeah. I've done some hard things, man. Massive kudos for completing that thing. I'd love to dive deep with just all sorts of stuff around that. But I want to honor your time because I know that you've uh, got some things going on. So what I'd like to ask you is, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked? Is there anything that you want to go into before uh, we close it out? I love um, helping people. So anybody out there listening, if they need, um, if they need anything or they want to come out to one of our crazy races <clears throat> or whatever, my email is joe at spartan.com. Shoot me an email. Don't make it a long email. Make it like two sentences or less. And um, happy to give you, help you, you know, do whatever. Um, it's not about the money. It's just about changing lives. Amazing. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and your work and, and inspiring people to, to get off the couch and, and doing everything that you're doing. So um, just appreciate you coming on and everything that you're doing, man. It was a pleasure. And, and your, your answers were so great. And just made in such a different way. Your analogies were on point. So I think people are going to get a, a lot of value and in, in understanding like what you're saying, man. It's really great. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I'll All right, guys. I'm cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take, <laughs> take care, man. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye, guys. 
All right, guys, there it is. That wraps up that amazing episode with Joe DeSena. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to hook it up, please take a screenshot, share on Instagram and Facebook, wherever you can. It really helps to get the word out there. Leaving a review on iTunes and Patreon are all super appreciated and uh, really helpful for allowing me to continue to do this. For those of you guys who are interested in coaching and you want to go through some of my programs where you are finding your heart's mission, your soul calling, your purpose, whatever the case is, and you're interested in doing that, hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Or if you're already doing pretty well, you're an entrepreneur, an athlete, a high achiever, and you really want to know about peak performance, flow state, you want training for your staff, your your organization, you want to introduce mindfulness, whatever the case is, you just got to let me know what avenue you want because there are specific programs and training for many different things. Just make an inquiry at matt at zenathlete.com and I will happily help you out. Make sure you go over to the website, sign up for the email list. You can get a free lucid dream if you go to forward slash lucid dreaming and um, I think that's it I have a very amazing busy weekend coming up I hope that you guys are all doing well and I just want to thank everyone who has supported the show who's tuned in I really really appreciate you I hope that you have an incredible day and uh, yeah so let's come into a state of peace and coherence so wherever you are just stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath And just let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with a sense of peace, purpose, empowerment, surrender, contentment, joy, and energy, ready to take on the rest of this day. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.